welcome to this is the results business podcast and it's episode four a very special episode uh, especially unplanned episode uh, which is something of a take two of episode two because with me today is uh, matt slater from the athletic who wrote quite an interesting article yesterday uh, matt uh, how are you i'm all right how are you yeah, great. Looking forward to getting uh, really under the uh, skin of what you had to report yesterday about the MSP deal. And also, of course, with me is my very good friend, Paul Viesk. Paul, good afternoon. You all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably better than both of you. <laughs> Ex- excellent. But, <laughs> but I just think it's important before we start with this, and we're going to try and keep this to 30, 40 minutes. I just want to say a couple of words. You know, I've been doing podcasts with you, Paul, now for over seven years. I think this might be uh, one of the most significant we've ever done. But I think also it's very important that the audience are aware uh, of uh, your health. Uh, there's been a lot of concern expressed to you personally on, on social media, and I've had uh, concerns to me, which obviously I want to pass on to you. Um, and uh, it's important the audience know that you are currently in a hospital bed uh, and you are recovering from a stroke and you uh, have everyone, I'm sure every listener uh, and uh, many more good wishes. Um, this is indicative of your ongoing commitment um and this isn't me as your pr manager but your ongoing commitment to provide accurate information to the everton fan base and detailed analysis i'm grateful to be involved with you on this and i know the audiences so just want to put that out there um it's important that people know um what lengths you go to to keep us informed do you want to add anything to that uh only that i need to apologize to my doctor and my family for doing (laughs) this but um it's probably important that we do it and uh yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm, ext- I'm an extremely lucky guy. Um, I have to thank. Sounds like the Oscars, but I have to thank uh, obviously my family. I have to thank, most importantly, all of the doctors, medical staff that have been looking after me uh, for the last couple of weeks. And without them, uh, not only would I not be on a podcast, but I probably wouldn't be on this planet anymore. So, um, it's you know, I'm I'm just extremely lucky to be here, despite being an Evertonian. But there we go. Right, well, we're, we're really glad you're here. Anyway, Matt, let's come to you. Um, this article dropped last night about the MSP Sports Capital deal uh, not happening effectively. Um, give us just a, a, a pricey. In terms of an investment, there's a loan yeah. being made to the stadium, but there's no actual investment, no equity stake being taken. Give us, give us a summary for those who haven't had the delight to, yeah. to, to read that piece, please. Well, it, it, I think we talked about this. Was it June or, or May when I, when I came on last time? And this yeah, is very were, much... It was the 5th of June, the day before 5th of my birthday. June. God, yeah, yeah. a lifetime ago. Well, very nearly, literally, in, uh, in poor Paul's case there. <laughs> um, sorry, Paul. Um, but yeah, so MSP Sports Capital. Well, look, plan A there was um, that they would invest about £150 million. I suspect it might end up being a bit more, but let's say £150 million in both the Stadium Co., the subsidiary that is overseeing the mm-hmm. build of Bramley Moor Dock, and the club itself, and this would this hundred fifty million would be in the form of convertible debt, so a loan with warrants that you would then just transfer into equity, and MSP would basically become a twenty five percent there or thereabouts shareholder uh, in the club, and yep. this would one bring the money that Farhad Mashiri desperately needs to complete the stadium build. He's put about 400 million in himself. The budget is now stretched to about 760 million. So he's 360 there to fill. So this was going to fill about a hundred of that with the remaining 
260-ish coming in the form of a great big construction loan um, that was going to be sorted out by JP Morgan and uh, Mitsubishi. Um, so, and uh, those two banks wanted somebody else, if you like, to share some of the burden there, some of the sort of risk burden. And that's why the MSP bit was so crucial. They wanted it to be um, someone with skin in the game. So um, an actual investor in the, in the entire business too. So it wasn't all just debt. Um, the MSP money, also some of that would go to the club because the club has very real cash flow problems. As I don't need to tell you guys. You can all see what's been going on in terms of the transfer window or not. Um, and we know about the losses over the last few years. We know about the Premier League's investigation and the independent commission that, that is going to look at what happened in 21-22. So we, so we, you know, we, we know that Everton are right up against it and, and need cash and the stadium obviously needs needs cash to sort of keep everything going there um and then there's also the sort of other bit of what msp were bringing to the party and that was sort of kind of energy and perhaps a sort of road to a future um and MSP, some people and some people, yeah, people blood energy yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ac access to north american money and know-how um they're new york based they're set up by two um two Guys, Jeff Moretto, a pretty well-known sports agent in the U.S., and uh, John Najafi, uh, a, a U.S.-Iranian uh, investor, technology, property, media, all the sort of kind of usual stuff. Um, and they have stakes in uh, some football teams. Is Augsburg in Germany, Alcacan in Spain, Estoril in Portugal. They've got some shares in the Phoenix Suns. They own a bit of F1's McLaren. You know, so they, you know, they, you know, they're. <laughs> They're players, um, and and as part of the deal, they were going to get a couple of seats on the board. Yeah, they were also bringing in some new, I would say, Evertonian British um, energy and money too, in the in the shape of Andy Bell, the guy who set up and sort of created AJ Bell, the big yeah uh, stockbroking um, platform, uh, really successful Brit. Um, and George Downing, another you know lifelong Evertonian who's made a lot of money in property. So they 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 sort of involved, and in fact they have already, I think, invested, and that's yep. what we talked about back in June. That's uh, right. Almost as a bridging loan for this MSP money, um, Bell and Downing had sort of clubbed together and put forty million in via uh, something called Blythe uh, Capital. Capital. I think it's just Blythe, Blythe Capital. Capital. Got, yep. Yeah, and that that is basically the Bell family office, I think. But I think there's some downy money in there too. Um, so so this, this looks like money for both stadium and club, new people, a new board, and, and, and a kind of route, a roadmap to a future. Now, yeah. the deal, that deal is dead. Yeah. And it, it's dead for, I guess, when did simple... it die? When well, did it, it die, Matt? In, in, because it's been it's I'm, been bubbling yeah. along for two months. You know, it's been it, all a week away. Oh, you know, yeah, it's a really good question. Yeah. yeah, when did it I, actually I don't, die? I don't know when, but the but the the kind of mm, it's over was was yesterday. Well, that's yeah. when they were willing to say it's done. So there was a period of exclusivity that they agreed back in the end of May. That exclusivity period ran out. I have been on holiday for most of August. I, I like many. Evertonians and you know and just neutral observers had thought this one was done because there was exclusivity <laughs> agreed. Uh, we saw the bell money go in 
that was that to me was encouraging um um we saw the msp and made a filing to the sec that they had raised the money about 130 million i think 165 million dollars um yeah. and, and we saw the, the departure of some executives yeah, yeah, from quite, the board quite, yeah. and, and just this this transitional period can right hanging around but people were going well okay it won't be very long it won't be very long just a period yeah. of transition and, and then so when you say it was over yesterday msp told you it was over yesterday this, well, is, this isn't Everton football so, sources sources is, closest to the deal told me thank you. it was yeah. over okay. yesterday um yep. now i had started to make some calls because i was getting other people telling me oh everton's been shopped around again i was like what <laughs> i thought yeah. i was done oh yeah yeah well, seven 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 might be back in and you know you know I've, a, a deck has crossed has crossed my deck that just means like a sort of uh yeah kind of a pamphlet uh, uh you know sales. an investment investment memorandum Quite. information yeah, exactly. memorandum. Yeah, yeah i was thinking yeah. well this is odd you know what what's going on here is there mis- is that deal collapsed and uh, you know i didn't have didn't have to wait long yeah yeah it's collapsed and it, it, it's the problem i think there are probably a few problems but the big problem the obvious problem um was that one of everton's existing lenders probably the biggest existing lender rights and media funding yeah we'll probably get into it a little bit on this um have existing security and they have a negative pledge which kind of means hold on a minute no one's bumping us down the list if this all goes pear-shaped um, it's like a veto so, yeah so it's, it's like a veto yeah you know, yeah. we've got security. You can't, you can't be, you can't, it's like having a house, right? And, and two mortgages. It's like, well, the, the first mortgage people would be like, well, I'm not quite sure about this. And and that's effectively what's happened here. Rights and media said no. Um, now, I think what's interesting is why they said no. Is it just as simple as, well, we're a bit worried about our risk exposure here? Or yeah. is it that they just didn't like the look of that deal? You know, is it enough money? Were MSP getting, you know, almost too big a stake for not enough cash? Is Everton in a bigger, bigger hole? And is, well, is this well, what the media saying? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, someone's got to come along with more cash. We we don't like that deal. So anyway, well, so the plan let, A deal let's is. Let's try off. and explore that. Yeah. Then. Let's try and explore. Write some media funding. Basically, pulled the rug under uh, away from everyone. Paul, let me come to you about this, because right, what's still happening, though, Matt, to be 100% clear, is there is an agreement to invest, not invest, to lend £100 million to the stadium company. Yes. Uh, whether, that, whether that ends up being 50 or £60 million or, or slightly more of new money, because that 40 or so yep. that's already gone in needs to be repaid. So it isn't an additional 100 to the stadium. It, the 40 that's gone in is already there, mm. so it might be an extra That's my 60, understanding. Right? So, so they're still making a loan. But the 30 to 50 million that was going into the football club, which would be then transferable into some equity, that is off. So there yeah. is no equity investment whatsoever. Um, uh, Paul, why would rights and media funding turn their nose up at this or, or, or play their negative pledge card? Any number of different reasons, because they're earning a jolly nice 12% interest rate on the thick end of 200, uh, 200 million pounds. Why do you think they've said no? Uh I, th- I think, I mean, clearly they have to protect their own interests. Um, but then you have to sort of look at what is it they've done and how does that protect their, their, their own interests? I suspect, as, as Matt rightly said a few minutes ago, um, they said, OK, we're, we're very happy for some money to come into the stadium company because that's clearly a, an immediate requirement. Um, and probably people like Andy Bell and George Downing are saying, 
well, our agreement was this was going to be a short term loan from yeah. us and we require most, if not all of um, what we've put in to be repaid to us. So where's that going to come from? Well, if MSP are prepared to put the money up for that, uh, all well and good as far as rights and media funding are concerned. Um, but what they were unhappy about was, I think, a number of elements with regards to working capital going into Everton. First of all, was that enough? Well, if it was only £30 million, that probably only represents sort of two or three months uh, additional working capital for the club in, in the club's current condition. And just for our listeners, working capital there means the ongoing payments every month, largely wages, 90% yeah. of it wages. Yeah. Um, so we're paying out somewhere around the £15 million mark, maybe a couple of million uh, below that. But that's the cost of running Everton Football Club, let's say £15 million a month. And, um, you know, if we can't meet those obligations as they fall due, um, then a pretty nasty fate awaits, correct? Yeah, well, we, I mean, we've also got operating costs and we've also got existing sure, interest other, costs on, on, yes, on indeed. Uh, existing debt. So probably that money would see us through probably till, till the end of the year um, without there being any, any other changes elsewhere in the business. But it also changes the dynamic, it would have also changed the dynamic of the club in terms of the board and where decisions are made and what influence other people have. So uh, MSP would have had a great deal of influence over the running of the club by virtue of having two board members uh, yeah. as a result of this deal. Um, and that probably possibly as, as un unsettled rights and media funding because um, for whatever reason, they just, may, they just may have a different view as to how the club should be run in, in, in the future. But I, I suspect the main issue for them is the potential stake that they were getting and the influence that they were getting uh, MSP or to or whoever it was going to be MSP or to put in more money than perhaps the 30 million that they were putting in. Um, okay. And on that basis, they've said, you know, uh, we don't want this deal to go forward. We're happy right. with, the, no. with, with the cash for the stadium, but not the deal for um, the club. Okay. Now, they were brought into the football club by Bill, right? By Bill Kenwright. Um, and, you know, any, as with Everton Football Club, there's any range of conspiracy theories you can, you can put in. Um, and that this is something of a sort of blocking move for Camp Kenwright against, against change. Um, what do we know about the chairman currently, his whereabouts and his health? Is that information that you're prepared to share with us about that? because uh, I think it's quite material to these discussions. I think discussions about anybody's health um, without their permission and without them being involved in the discussions are, are always obviously very sensitive. But my understanding is is that um, Mr. Kenwright is once more quite ill and is effectively incapacitated by, by, by being in, in hospital. Personally, I think his... Uh, his contribution to, to matters these days are much less than most people think. I understand entirely why virtually, you know, or why many Evertonians hold the view that they do about him and consider him still to be a great influence because I think he influences the, um, you know, how, how, how still influences how the club operates, the, the culture within, within the company. And I think his removal, had he been removed previously, would have done a great deal to improve the culture within the club. And clearly that hasn't happened and is unlikely to happen in the short term. Um, so that cultural change that uh, many of us are demanding 
even though other directors have left and other executives have left, um, isn't going to happen for a period. So from my perspective, that's a con that's a concern. But his day-to-day -day involvement uh, is less of a concern for me because, frankly, I just don't think it's happening. He's an old man. He's ill. And, you know, I just don't think it's as, as strong as, as, as other people say. It's, it's a cultural thing for me. Okay. And it's interesting, though, because, Matt, I want to come to you now, because mm. what the club says, this thing called the club, and I've debated this with a lot of people, I don't think there is a thing called Everton Football Club at the moment. There are a number of egos putting out a number of different messages and a number of competing camps. Um, but what we're told by Mashiri is that Kenwright is staying there for his expertise. He is leading. He is our lead negotiator in transfers. And he is performing a major role uh, in this transitional period. Now, now this man is clearly getting on in years and is sadly unwell as, as Paul's told us mm -hmm. but 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 you know from a media perspective you're dealing with the club and trying to get information from the club um, how do you manage to square that circle because the, again there are stories coming out that were bidding for this player bidding for that player when frankly we don't seem to have a penny piece and um, uh, who is who is dealing with that and who is providing you as a leading journalist with information from Everton Football Club that you can rely on well, it's a, it's a good question, Roger, and it is, I haven't got a great answer, or certainly not one that I can, you know, I can sort of freely talk about, because some of this is just to do with the way journalists interact with clubs, right? There has to be sort of, of a... Of course. Yeah. No, of course. Um, I'm meaning more from the fan base, because the fans, you know, Everton fans have been through the mill. We found a billionaire seven years ago, and we're looking as though we're heading for a third relegation scrap. We're looking at a Premier League inquiry. We may face a points deduction. We're in financial chaos. Not only have we wasted money on bad players, we've almost run the company into the ground. Mm. And yet the fans are being told that Bill Kenwright is still at the helm. I don't yeah. want you to compromise any of your sources. No, no. All right, but, I can, I can but, answer but, that. Yeah. Go on. Look, I think last time I was on, I did a long, sort of probably too long preamble where <laughs> I said, I've just found this takeover saga to be one of the most tricky and boring at times that I've mm. done. Don't worry, since then, Manchester United's takeover saga has has, has knocked, knocked you in second place in terms of boredom and just and just frustration. But but you're you're still up there. Um and that is because I just found it very hard to get straight answers and to get you know good conversations, which is sort of like the bedrock of kind of media relations, you know, kind of trust. Course. And of and course. I I you know I don't mind I've never ever minded people saying no comment I can't I can't talk about that you know I just I just want good clear information you know clarity over when we're on and off the record you know uh, people I can trust don't like that because you'd be wrong um, I suggest you wait a bit because you know it's going to become clearer I'll try and give you a, a steer and a heads up you know ask me some questions around facts you know that that kind of thing that that is the sort of the bread and butter of what of what we do. I'm not saying there aren't good people at Everton. I'm not, not saying that at all. I've just felt for some time that dealing with Everton is unnecessarily complicated and tricky. You know, people having to, people unable to sort of give you straightforward answers because they had to sort of run it up the chain. And then how many chains were there? And then, oh, this, this sounds like a machinery question. So I'm gonna have to sort of go through that route. And then this is an Everton. Well, hold on a minute. I mean, which is which and then you know me and others just by getting annoyed and bypassing that and just going straight to Mashiri and Mashiri's people and then sort of finding that maybe the club wasn't aware of what's going on at all 
and and mm-hmm. and the club at, at points during this takeover saga have have literally been the last to know and that can't be right no it can't, that that's can't. that is a bit odd yeah. um and um various other people kind of running around with mandates to do stuff or maybe not i think mashiri um has at times way too many advisors and way too many people in his ear and at other times not nearly enough um i've found it really hard to work out who is speaking for him and when and how and what and, and then and then yep. it changing you know two months later yep. oh no that person forget them they're, they're gone it's just, been, it's, also, it's, just it's just been it's tough. also inconsistent isn't it it's also yeah. inconsistent and when we just try you know as simple football fans we look at the footballing side and what's going on on the pitch where on earth does this leave Thelwell, Dyche, etc looking for players developing players do they have any money to spend who is it who is suggesting that we've bid X for Che Adams? Or who is it suggesting that we've been chasing Willie Nonto uh, across Leeds City Centre for the last two months? Do, well, we don't have the money to, to, to pay. I mean, where where do you think, is this is this to give an illusion of activity? Is it to pretend to other clubs that we've got plenty of money so they don't come and raid us and nick Jordan Pickford for 15 million? Because clearly, I think we're still, Paul, you can confirm this, I still think any signing we make Everton Football Club make has to be approved or run by the Premier League first is that your understanding both of you no I can answer first if, if Matt yeah. doesn't mind um yeah that, that that's my understanding that we're still in these sort of um special measures for want of, for want of a better term um, yeah. and, will, and will be until such a time as the independent commission brings its um its judgment as to and so what do, what sort of credence do both of you give to the notion that Everton were truly interested in bidding proper money for Willie Nonto? Not not like the classic Everton bid for Alan Shearer back in the day, which I recall being 12 million after he'd gone for 25 and we actually said we looked for him. What um, do you think, Paul? Do you think they're real, these bids? Have we really bid for Che Adams? Have we really bid for Willie Nonto? I think there's clearly been discussions as, as to whether or not we those discussions were in good faith or not uh i, I have to sort of put, put a big question mark but that's uh, speculation on my part um i think what we're talking about here and what matt certainly was talking about a few minutes ago is it, it's a governance issue within the club and if you wanted to sort of encapsulate all of the problems about the club it, it is governance and it's about leadership yeah. and it's about knowing yeah. who has responsibility for what um and you know, if you if you look across the whole of the operations of the club, and you know, if just just look at the board as it stands at the moment, this board is a, an interim board mm. based on the the um, the belief that the transaction that hasn't now happened would have happened. You've got fired Mashiri, who with a ninety four percent stake in, in 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 the club, is is a director, and actually one could argue that both roles are entirely conflicted. Totally, one, with the, yeah. one with the other. I mean, what does he do? Does he act in his own best interests as somebody who is a, a massive, uh, you know, is owed a massive amount of money by the club and who has obviously invested £880 million uh, in the club? Does he act in the interest of somebody that wants to recover as much as, of that as possible? Or does he act in the interests of uh, his legal obligation as a director to act in, in the best interests of the club? And I think that's just one example. But all of these things are, are governance issues, and I suspect to answer your question is that yes, we've been we've had these discussions. That has been activity 
whether there's ever any intent for this activity to result in, a in action, I think is questionable, which brings in the, the good faith yeah. question. Yeah. And, but it's done from the, from, from the pretense that we have to demonstrate to the world that we're a functioning and viable football club because otherwise we lose all of our assets, our playing assets, and we've already lost enough of those. Do you agree? Yeah, with that? I, I, yeah I do agree with everything that Paul said. I mean, that that kind of everyday interaction with the club around things like transfers, transfer targets, that sort of thing, that's more done by our beat reporters. And we've, we've got two, the Athletic on, on Everton. Um, yeah. Pat um, Paddy and... Patrick Paddy and Greg. So, um, yeah. you know, they'd be better placed to answer that. What my impression from sort of a few steps removed and, and, and a more off and on relationship with Everton around things like the stadium and, and investment has just been, as I characterized in my previous answer, I found it, I found it frustrating and, and confusing. Um, and, and I felt that for, for actually for a few years to go back to your question around Bill Kemwright. Look, I have had some dealings with Pep Bill, but not not for a while. And and it, and in the past, I always sort of thought he was he he was becoming a figurehead. I think in the way that that Paul was describing, and he would the things that we talked about was stuff around the move to Bramley Moor and 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 the work Everton would continue to do in the Goodison Park area and. And and frankly, some some quite sort of points of references to how Everton were going to do it better than Liverpool did there, you know that sort of thing. There was always a little bit of point scoring there, which I was, which I thought, you know, was was you know, a bit of fun to be honest. I mean, that's that's that, that that's what you'd expect from an Evertonian, right? Um, well, we do everything better than Liverpool apart well, from the footballing and, bit. That's yeah. the problem. It's the footballing bit that lets us down. Yeah, you know? and and I've I had some conversations with them about um, during COVID, and yep. you know how clubs were getting through that, and I thought that was good. You know, he's I think. He, he he has, he's always been popular within the game, um, and I think Everton, when they used him that way, was a good way of using him. You know, he was good. He was good at in shareholder meetings and and doing the community stuff, and and I think that was probably the last time I spoke to him. I think it was around the time I remember that we had a good a good conversation, and I, I got a story out of it to do with with Barry. Do you remember that that one where? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You know, we made a donation, very, didn't we? I think, yeah, I think exactly. And he got, a, he, you know, yeah. he got very upset about that. And I, and I thought, well, that 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 is that's that's what I when I look at Bill Kemright, I sort of sort of see this, you know, this man who's kind of steeped in British football and has been there a long time and kind of understands there's something of the Harry Redknapp about him. Yeah, you know? a bit, but but, but I, I think Harry's that. more liked, more widely. Well, maybe, liked maybe. I I got this that that he was very aware of. The pyramid and how all the bits fit together and that and that the big clubs have a responsibility for the medium-sized clubs and the smaller clubs and there is an ecosystem which i thought was quite nice i said you know I, i'm interested mm -hmm. in all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. uh, i must admit i've i've the the idea that in the last two three four five years that bill kenwright would be involved really involved in the appointment of of, of like managers and like really like transfer dealings I, I find that just quite hard to believe. You know, it just it just didn't seem to be. It's what we've been told. It's what we've yeah, been told I very just, clearly by Machinery. Yeah, I just I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to sort of to to, okay. to give that much credence, to be honest, because it just didn't seem to be the type of thing that he was doing that he was able to do anymore, and that frankly Machinery trusted him with. That, that, I think that's the other bit here. There were bits well, that Machinery wanted him room. to do. 
You'd well, still be yes. going into the dressing room when Lampard was there, telling them all about days in the boys' pen. You know, I think. Well, that's it. Being a super a... fan, right? Being being the yeah, kind of like yeah. the custodian of the soul of the club, being mm. being you know the, the the flame and all that. You know, the keeping it that that I can sort of see. That's what Mashiri wanted him to be, but to yeah. be the kind of the modern exec chairman picking up and arguing with Daniel Levy, and you know, I, I just I just don't see it. Okay. Okay. Let, let's try Rogers, and move forward. Rogers, can we? Rogers, Rogers. Yeah, sorry, and, and Matt, <laughs> I'm conscious of time for you. Yes. Can exactly. I just lift? Can I just lift this conversation to a slightly different level? Although this is all very interesting. Uh, at the end of the day, what is at stake here? At stake is obviously, you know, a very old, very famous, very uh, previously successful football club, a bedrock of of, of English football, a bedrock of global um, club football. Um, what, what one could argue. But actually, there's much more than that at stake here, isn't there? Uh, from a sort of, a, from a political and from a, uh, an economic point of view. And I think this is some of the responsibilities that people are failing to realise uh, they carry with the roles that they have. And I include Mashiri, I include people like Rights and Media Funding, and I include the board members and the executive team. Let's not forget that this development is a key element of uh, an enormous regeneration project in one of the most deprived uh, urban areas in Europe, let alone in, in, in the UK. Yep. And the club has, not, not only do the people who run the club have a huge responsibility to maintain the club and to maintain the, the footballing integrity and the footballing relevance of Everton Football Club, they have an even, I think they have an even greater responsibility to maintain the, um, the, the integrity of Everton Football Club as an institution, as an asset of the city of Liverpool, of Northwest England, and all of the regeneration activities that are going around there, you know, the types of things that, uh, okay, Andy Burnham's over, over in Manchester, but he, the type of things that he would be getting involved with, the type of involved, the things that um, Steve would be getting involved with in Liverpool. A lot of, Ev Everton was supposed to be the bedrock tenant of the Liverpool mm -hmm. Waters project. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was sold at the time when we sought planning permission. And a lot of emphasis was put on the uh, the injection of capital, the number of jobs that would jobs, be created, yep. future wealth. Two billion would, pounds of tourist would be gener yep, generated. And, yep. and all of this is at risk. And, and it it's is. at risk because people aren't doing their jobs properly and haven't done their jobs properly for many, many years. And there's been a, a lack of accountability to those people and a lack of accountability, most importantly, to Fahad Mashiri, who, when he's been challenged by people like Matt, people like me and, 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 met, and met many others, just walks away from the challenge, disappears and yeah. is not accountable, doesn't provide answers, and then just moves the story on. So, for example, the idea that Everybody assumed that MSP were going to do what they were going to do. And there was a structure built around that in terms of an interim board, blah, 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 blah. It now hasn't happened. And the only reason we know that it hasn't happened is because of Matt's work as a journalist, not because of anything that the club has said. Okay. And yet there's, you know, 24 hours on, there's no response. There's no, well, actually, what is going to happen is this. The contingency plans that we have in the event of MSP not doing what, they said they were going to do for whatever reason is as follows. Yep. Therefore, um, the club's position is secure because we're going to do this, this, and this, and this. 
and the club's contribution to um, the northwest of England, to the city of Liverpool, to the Liverpool Waters project, to the redevelopment of North Liverpool, of which we're so proud of, because that's a big part of you know Everton, Everton as a bedrock of, of North Liverpool. We're, right. do, we're going to do all of these things to ensure that all those benefits that we sold to you three or four years ago when we were seeking planning permission actually come to, come to fruit, actually can be harvested by the, by the people of Liverpool in years to come. And, I, I, and, you know, we can talk about how important football is and everything else, but at the end of the day, we're talking about people's livelihoods here and we're talking about people's yeah. future economic prospects. And um, if nothing else, the club has to wake up to that responsibility and, and fired Mishiri has to wake up to that responsibility and the people who are making the investments into the club or lending money to the club have to recognize that we're not, you know, this is not fantasy football. This is not football manager or some computer game. We're actually dealing with people's livelihoods here and the, the, the lack of accountability and the lack of responsibility that people have taken in recent years and um, annoys me hugely. And I've never said that publicly, but I'm saying it now because it's a time when we have to recognize that. Okay, yeah, Paul, what you've talked about there is that this is not just a football club. This is an institution with commercial, social, political, economic responsibilities locally uh, and to the broader community. Uh, it's a living organism and uh, it's not a plaything. It's not a toy. It's an institution that the owner is a custodian or a guardian of um, before we even, even think about the emotional investment of the tens of thousands of fans who attend matches on a uh, home matches on a regular basis, the three, 4,000 who go home and away and the hundreds of thousands, nay millions who are emotionally invested across the world in the football club. So this is a very serious organization with considerable responsibilities across many, many spheres. What next for Everton football club? Now that this investment has died, we still need 200 million pounds for the stadium. Is that loan going to happen? Are we going to get new investors? I hear today sort of coming out of what I perceive to be Mashiri's camp, that there's an interested party in Asia, an interested party in America. The interested American party obviously being 777, I would have thought. Matt, where mm -hmm. next for Everton? I mean, it's all very well and good to say, oh, dear, dear, we might go down, we might go into the championship. But, you know, that things can be a lot worse than that. We're looking yeah, seriously at, at financial administration. There's a real mm -hmm. possibility. We're struggling with... Uh, meeting our obligations as they fall due, and we still need to find £200 million to finish this iconic stadium. What next for the football club? I'll come to you first, Matt, and then you to Paul. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say too much because I, I really want to hear Paul on this. Um, you know, all, all I can say is a, as an as interested observer um, that for, what is it now, basically 18 months there's been this kind of takeover. I'm doing yeah. quotey marks uh, story, which which has intrigued me, and I've followed. So there you go. There, there was an obvious need for something to happen, right? Mashiri's ability to to bankroll this project going forward had become uh, compromised um, for for whatever reason. Um, and some of those reasons slightly outside of his control. Yeah, of course. What with 100%. what with Euro uh, Russia, yeah, Ukraine, sanctions, Russia, you know, exactly. Bank of Alishmas and off shutting and yeah. all of that right yeah. but so that situation had happened there was a, a response needed process was started everton were put on the market 
though for a long time they denied it but you know like i said it's been a frustrating process um and various solutions you know oh it's only about the stadium you know it's not about the club anyway we, we've got to where we've got to none of that has changed for me no mashiri is has put a huge staggering amount 750 million or something in since 2016 he, he can no longer do that and you have a club that is still not washing its face so you know still requires top-ups um and actually needs more than the top-up right now because it's staring at relegation so requires a little bit of you know a genuine injection to to um to, to you know turn fortunes around on the pitch i just i just see He's back at square one. A lot of time has been wasted. We've already been around the houses with 777. I could do a whole podcast on them anyway. Do, are they really the solution? Um, and his yeah, reputation but, suffered, Matt, hasn't exactly. it? The reputation, yeah, so, not just for the football club, the reputation yes. of Bashiri as a negotiator has suffered hugely with this drawn-out yeah. saga. Yeah. So look, they, so my the short answer is uh, something needs to happen really, really quickly. Um, and I would love to hear what Paul has to think about how the next couple of months is going to play out. So he's teed you up there with a nice long hop, Paul. <laughs> okay, let me, let me try and smash it out of the park, sort of reverse sweeper or something, I don't know. Um, I, I think things are going to crystallise enormously in the next seven days between now and the, and the end of August. Um, obviously, from a footballing perspective, what happens in the transfer window, but what happens in the transfer window is going to be determined by uh, what position we're in financially, but also... Can I, ju- can I just come in for one second? Because you mentioned just off air, we, there's 100 million coming in, which might be only 60 of new money for the stadium. Has that actually landed yet? Do we know if that money has arrived at the football club yet? My, my understanding is that it hasn't, but I understand mm. other people think it might have done. Um, okay. Who, who, who knows? It has. To- yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I was asking about this yesterday and was told categorically that it, 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 it has been transferred. It has gone, right, right. From, from the MSP end. Um, and that, it is ring-fenced for the stadium, though. To be clear, is, that is, is ring-fenced for the it stadium. It is a loan to the stadium development company. Yeah. It can't buy Che Adams. It can't buy uh, a striker. It can't pay players' wages. Uh, it, it's purely to pay Lango Rourke what's due to them on a monthly basis, correct? That's my understanding. Yeah. Okay. Carry on, Paul. So what the, what, what the club has to do now, let's assume that the money has arrived or let's assume that the money arrives tomorrow for, for argument's sake. You know, there's four, there's three working days next week uh, till, till the end of August when, when, when the window closes. Um, what have we got to do? Uh, we've got to convince people that Everton are a viable proposition uh, in terms of tra- transfers coming in. We've got to convince... Uh, We've got I to think, convince the Premier League that we can afford to pay Che Adams. Yeah. I'm just using poor old Che as an example. Yeah. Here, you know, but if we could agree a fee and if we can agree a deal structure uh, with Southampton for Che Adams, do we still have to go and knock on the Premier League's door and uh, say, it's, "Excuse it's, me"? Yeah, it's, it's, it's my understanding that that is that is that yeah. is the case, and that's not going to change just because of right. uh, MSP. You know, if, if the club announced tomorrow that MSP's money has arrived, well. Uh, Lango Rourke shareholders can sort of um, breathe a uh, sigh of relief, uh, mm. but it doesn't really affect what what happens to us as a football club. It goes Andy back. Bell can probably breathe a sigh of relief too. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you'll get some, you know, 
I don't think he'll get all of his money back straight away, but he'll get some of his money back, and he, you know, it will obviously uh, would reassure him. On on, yeah. on on the footballing front, you know, it, it comes back to the the underlying problems which I sort of started talking about earlier about governance in the club, about leadership in the club, about management in the club, about who is actually going to take the club forward, regardless of what actually happens in the transfer window, which is not going to be significant anyway. Um, who takes the club forward, not only in terms of Sean Dyche and in terms of Kevin Thelwell, but actually who turns around now and says, this is a line in the sand in terms of how the club has operated in, in, you know, in recent years and increasingly uh, in, a, in a more and more dysfunctional way. Who is it out of the people that are left, the interim board that are now effectively the permanent board? Who is it out of those people, including Fahad Mishiri, with all of the conflicts of interest that he now has as a director and as a, a, a major creditor of, of, of the club? Who, what's going to change in that aspect that allows the club then to start as a business to start performing better going forwards, because until we un, until we address that and until we know what the answers to that are and until we see some evidence of that in in coming months, then all, all we've done is effectively just kick the can down the road a little bit, maybe till the end of the year. But haven't we kicked it over someone's? Haven't we kicked the ball into someone's garden? And we can't even get the ball back. You know, <laughs> it's not kicking the can down the road. This is this is just missing the target and. <laughs> What I'd like to know is how how can we seriously, if if, if you're right, no reason to 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 doubt you, but if the chairman is is ill and is hospitalised, surely surely the club needs to say that, don't they? I mean, of course it's personal issue and his health, and, but you know if he's not just the figurehead, if he is the you know the leader uh, and the public face of Everton, surely the club need to say something about that, don't they? Well, yeah, but then it comes back to your, your your discussion earlier about you know who who or what is the club. So who is it that actually makes these statements? I, I think it's incumbent upon Mashiri to explain why the club is in the position that it's in, why he's yes. why yes. he why he's able to fund or not fund, and we think it's not fund the club going forwards, and why he still needs to find an equity investor in the business. To yes. recapitalize, not only well, to do one or two things: recapitalize the business to make it we're, we're, we're operating on a more level playing field, and secondly, um, to uh, as we said right at the beginning of the podcast, actually, uh, to bring new, fresh people into the business so that the business can be run properly. Because one thing is for sure, uh, we can't continue to be run in the manner in which we're run by the people who are currently running the club. Yes. And, that, and that change that we sort of thought might be uh, come about as a result of MSP's investment yeah. is obviously not going to happen now because MSP's investment is not happening. But yeah. that doesn't change the need for change. In fact, it, the change for need is even greater because we now don't have the resources that we thought we were going to have from MSP. So exactly, we're it redoubles worse, that need. Absolutely, it does. We need to. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, you know, we don't have the people uh, to get the club out of the position that it's in because we're relying upon the people who put us in that position to get us out of it. And, you know, as anybody in business or anywhere else in life knows, that that just doesn't happen. The people who put you in the problem aren't the people who are going to provide the solution normally. And we've tried Indeed. that at Everton for years and years and years. 
And that's what Mashiri has to address and he has to stand up and he has to be open and he has to be honest and he has to say, you know, these are the areas that we screwed up in. This is what we can do. This is what we're able to do in terms of our finances moving forwards. Um, but most importantly, this is what we're going to do to address the way the club is run. And this is what we're going to do to ensure that in future, the club operates at least at a level where it can compete in the Premier League, not at a level, for example, as it is currently, where everything we do, we do worse than any of our competitors. Okay. I think you're absolutely mm. right there that the club is Farhad Mashiri. That's the best exposition of what the football club is now because it's just become him. Because he owns 94%, he controls everything, he is whimsical, he changes his mind. Uh, and he has far too many people in his ear. Matt, and you must be you must be hammering him on the phones to try and get an interview with Mashiri because, frankly, all roads lead to him, don't mm. they? I mean, he's the only one that can answer any of these questions and provide any clarity because we're sat here with an interim board. There's a key word there, interim, because we mm -hmm. have lost um, we have lost Grant Ingalls and we have lost Denise Barrett Baxter and we have lost Graham Sharp. Mm -hmm. and, and so we've got people, Colin Chong, God bless his cotton socks, is not a chief executive, and our chairman is is very poorly. So we need a new mm. board, and only Mashiri can bring that about. Are you are you getting any indication at all of a willingness to speak from 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 Farhad and Mashiri? Not on the record, no, no. And we do try. I'm not the only one. No, um, I'm sure you're not. There'll be I'm a sure long, long, long list on cue there. Yeah, you know, I just I completely agree with everything that Paul and, and you guys and Roger you're saying. Look. Um, where does it end, though? I mean, where does it end? Because games of football are happening on a weekly basis. Mm. We're not performing particularly well. No. We've obviously, it doesn't rain, but it's poured. You know, we've got injuries. Calvert Lewin's broken his cheekbone. And now, you know, yeah. we've got Iwobi out. Yeah, no the luck. first 11 I mean, is we're having yeah. no luck at all. And, 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 you know, what happens if we keep losing games of football? Who's going well, to get transfer relegated. windows closed? Well, you're going well, to get, get relegated. And that would be, yeah. you know, that, that tends to be a huge financial shock for even the best run football clubs um, and Everton would be going down, I would argue in a state of complete disarray um, and with a, whatever, 80%, 75% built stadium that, you know. Yeah. Sorry, Matt, if I can just interject mm. there, I think relegation is probably the, the second worst uh, likely outcome. Yeah, I, well, I was wondering if you were going to. Uh, is, that after, work, is that after administration? Well, I, yeah, I think I think, it, I think, I think we I think we have to face yeah. the prospect that the club is in danger of um, administration, mm. and if the club wants to come out and uh, yeah. de deny that and explain why it, it's a nonsensical uh, assumption to make, then please 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 do so. But the club if, can't. If to me. The club the club can't because there is nobody at the club empowered to say anything. And, 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 and nobody uh, can come out and deny that. The only person that can counter your assertion that relegation, sorry, administration is a distinct possibility is Farhad Mashiri. And he's in a bunker somewhere. Mm. Well, I mean, the only thing, because, you know, we, we obviously have to have a relationship with Everton and, you know, we do speak to them and they, you know, they, they, they are not talking in these terms, right? I, I want your listeners to to now. That's maybe that's because they're in denial. Maybe it's because they don't really know what's going on. But they they are not. You know this 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 would this is going to distress them. This conversation, um, and 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 Mashiri would no doubt if he did want to go onto the record would would tell us we're all talking utter bollocks, and that um, mm. he's not as brassic as as we're suggesting, and the the club is not struggling to meet its bills, and. Um, 
you know, and yeah, okay, there's been some setbacks, but this is not as, as gloomy as, as we're portraying. Um, fine, all right, maybe, we'll see, right? Um, and I suppose just to give that some, to be fair, it does appear that MSP wants to lend some money to this stadium project. If if they if they thought this was a complete basket case, they wouldn't they wouldn't put money in. And we know that rights media funding have allowed Everton to extend its its lending facility. You know, if they were utterly, you know, if they thought this was hopeless, they'd be going the other way. They'd be demanding to be paid down. So um, Everton is still in the Premier League. It's a high stakes game, isn't it, Matt? I mean, that's what the Premier League is. There's real jeopardy. Yeah. And whilst you're in it and you're getting your hundred million a year just for just for treading water, then then it's fine. Um, but but ultimately you can only circle the uh the plug hole for so many times. Mm -hmm. Ultimately it it sucks you in. Roger, I mean rights and and and, um, rights and media funding have the ability to to reduce the debt in the event of relegation because with, yeah. with, within the agreement there's clauses that say you know whatever the percentage is has has yeah. to be repaid and they obviously have first dibs on um any which payments. is fairly standard isn't it yeah which is, is which, which yeah. is standard so and, and they get the parachute payments so their their position is rel- relative relatively secure um h- how could we escape relegation well of course uh, sorry how could we escape administration one of the ways that we could do it is we do have an asset in the stadium okay it's not a completed stadium yeah. and it is a stadium that still needs say a quarter of a million pounds spent on it possibly more but it has a value and it has a value which probably greater than the debt that's attached to it so that could be sold to a property developer for example or yeah. to another investor and, and then we rent it back off them. And, and we rent it back off them so it's not as if we're, we're totally without um, <laughs> solutions, I don't... But, but none of those solutions are particularly palatable, and they certainly were went where we started from when we when, when we engaged on the Great Machiri adventure. Um, so just to put balance into it, you know that is, yeah. and and the mm. club would obviously say say ex- exactly the same, but fundamentally it comes down to the running and the management of the football club and the governance of the football club in the sense that the board has to separate itself from the shareholder interests and say we're actually going to run this football club in a professional manner and in a manner which is consistent with having a successful football club and we're going to um, recover our financial position over a number of years by doing the following things whatever those things are uh, and frankly the shareholders need to butt out for five years until we got ourselves back on on a on a, a level keel and okay. it need, but it needs that leadership it needs that individual or group of people who've got the experience got the the knowledge got the uh, the know know how to do this and know how to present it and know how to deal with difficult shareholders we need those people within the business and we don't have them and the question is how do you get those people into the business if the major shareholder doesn't actually want them there because one of the other things it's never talked about is the number of people who have gone to the business over the years and particularly in the machinery years and offered advice offered help offered um financial assistance etc 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 and and being rejected at every turn yeah 
I mean, I have a theory that no self-respecting professional, either coach or player, would have anything to do with Everton at the moment. And, and that's why we've had to overpay for players and overpay for managers and give them yeah. juicy contracts because the reputation, as I said earlier to Matt, you know, after this whole MSB deal collapsed, Farhad Mishiri's reputation as someone to do business with or negotiate with is really tarnished. Yeah. A difficult man, and there are plenty of other interesting assets uh, around. Um, I'm mm. going to try. I'm going to try and wrap this up, Matt. Do you have a closing thought for us, or or, or, or are you happy to? to no, no. To I'm, I'm, well, I, I think you just made a good one, though. That this is if <laughs> Everton's position would be um, would be much better if there was sort of genuine scarcity value here. This is something I often hear about, particularly around yeah. North American sports. Um, properties or, or, or the, the really boring debate about Manchester United. There's only one Manchester United. I'm not saying there's more than one Everton. I'm just saying if you are looking at English football teams and loads of investors are, there's just way better. There's just a lot, a lot safer, more obvious investment targets than Everton right now. And that's the problem. And, and, and the worse the position gets, the less attractive Everton get. And this, this, I think, is this is a growing problem. Okay, thank you. Paul, a closing thought from yourself? Um, I don't think we can trust the people who are currently in the club and the current shareholder to do the right things. So we as a fan base, uh, anybody with an interest in, I think, a wider interest in English football, anybody with an interest in the City of Liverpool and Everton Football Club, uh, we all have to come together, politicians, business people, and fans and work out a way of getting the current owner and the current board and the current executive to behave in an appropriate manner and if they're not able to do that or not willing to do that find a solution that means that those people are removed from the business and proper sensible owners proper sensible um managers and executives run the business going forward because without that as i've labored the point without that we are going to end up in a worse position than we currently are. And we're very close to that very bad position as it stands. It wouldn't take an awful lot more of the current behaviour uh, to push us, tip, to tip us over the edge. This is a, Mishiri warned at the beginning of the year of an existential crisis. Well, we are at that point. And without yeah. the change of behaviour, without additional resources, without a recognition by Fahad Mishiri that things have to change and that he has to appoint people who are capable of executing that change, then the existential crisis that he's brought to the club will be triggered and it will be triggered and it will mean that the club goes into administration. Right. Thank you both. Thank you, Matt, for taking the time. Thank you for your article. Thank you for your reporting. Thank you for your analysis. And Paul, thank you uh, very much for giving up your time. And and please, on behalf of myself and, and thousands of other Evertonians, look after yourself. Your health is Rest the most up, important Paul. thing. Absolutely. Um, I think what we've seen clearly, you know, this has been uh, a saga and now it's come to a very unexpected and uh, unwelcome end with MSP. Um, it seems to me that what we are is a rather fast sports car that, that was in, in quite good nick that is now hurtling down uh, a windy road at tremendous speed with the driver slightly out of control. Uh, and the driver needs to take some responsibility, needs to slow down, needs to behave responsibly. Because all we seem to have to look forward to is some escape uh, slip road down the bottom that's going to prevent us from crashing. Uh, at the end and burning. Um, this is a really pivotal moment for Everton Football Club. There's only one person who can come out and address the issues, address the concerns of the fans and the other stakeholders. 
the other economic uh, impacts that this football club is responsible for are the social responsibilities that this great organisation, this august institution that's been around since 1878 uh, deserves. And that is um, Farhad Mashiri. He has to come out and address these concerns and he has to put in place proper people who can do a proper professional job at running a business called a football club. Because right now, this football club is not fit for purpose. It's a disgrace to those who have gone before and it lets down everybody with any association, present or past, with Everton Football Club. So, Farhad Mashiri, if you're listening or anyone close to you is listening, I think the time has come for you to speak, to tell the truth, and to actually address these very, very real, meaningful, head-on concerns that we face. Um, I hope we'll be able to get back together in the not-too-distant future on the results business, and hopefully with you again, Matt, providing brilliant insight into the latest developments and perhaps a positive takeover and some investment in Everton Football Club because, boy, this has gone on for far too long. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Matt. Until the next time, it has to be up the toffees. <laughs>